And let's pray. Father, speak to us now just as we need it. Whatever is on our hearts, on our minds, you know, you care. And so give to us that encouragement, that correction, that instruction today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, this is a sermon about the life-giving, peace-bringing, holy man of God. At the centre of today's Old Testament passage, the one that's printed in your insert and I can encourage you to have open, at the centre of that passage is a woman who's a bit like a swan on a pond. Above the water, she looks serene, poised, at peace. She's well-to-do. Money's not a problem. She's generous. She's a giver. She's very hospitable. She's self-contained. She doesn't speak of her problems or ask for help. Like a majestic, elegant swan gliding smoothly through life. But here and there we see that underneath she is paddling hard. She has feelings and struggles that are strong and deep. And feelings that can burst out and do burst out in moments of great intensity. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you are conscious of griefs, of tensions or burdens, of coping with crises while trying to pretend that everything's more or less okay. Desperate for God to work some miracles for you. This woman found that her faith in Elisha and in the God of Elisha was not misplaced. She did have bitter anguish in her life. But she also had relief from that anguish. God's work in her life was life and peace. Can God be life and peace to you? Yes, he can. Today I want to look at the man of God who is life and peace to the Shunammite woman. And then secondly, the man of God who is life and peace to you and I. So firstly... Elisha. Elisha was the man of God who was life and peace to the Shunammite woman. Elisha spent time on the road. In chapter 2 of Kings, where we first met Elisha a few weeks ago, uh, he was bouncing around the countryside of the northern kingdom of Israel in the 9th century BC with his uh, master and mentor Elijah. And they were visiting the company of the prophets in Bethel, And in Jericho, and today we find Elisha way up north at the other end of the northern kingdom of Israel at Shunem. And there a wealthy woman offered him hospitality and Elijah became a regular guest at her table. And eventually, verse 9, she said to her husband, I know that this man who often comes our way is a holy man of God. Let's make a small room on the roof and put in it a bed and a table, a chair and a lamp for him. Then he can stay here whenever he comes to us. This room is to become the scene of great events. A grateful Elisha wants to repay her kindness, but the woman won't ask for anything. Elisha said to, to Gehazi, Tell her, you have gone to all this trouble for us. Now what can be done for you? Can we speak on your behalf to the king or the commander of the army? And she replied, I have a home among my own people. In other words, I'm content. I have all I need. But Gehazi's suggestion touches a concealed grief in this woman. What can be done for her? Elisha asked. Gehazi said she has no son. 
and her husband is old. Then Elisha said, call her. So he called her and she stood in the doorway. About this time next year, Elisha said, you will hold a son in your arms. No, my Lord, she objected. Please, man of God, don't mislead your servant. There are hopes there that have been slowly and painfully buried. And to have someone try to revive them is, well, not just unwelcome, it's really terrifying. She doesn't want to have to bury those hopes yet again. But wonderfully, miraculously, Elisha's word to her is true, and she receives the gift she'd given up on. The woman became pregnant. The next year, about that same time, she gave birth to a son, just as Elisha had told her. And so it's all the more terrible, all the more tormenting and devastating when this son suddenly dies. Why he dies is not clear. Is it a head injury? Is it a disease? We don't know. But that he dies is devastating. The miraculous gift of a son is gone in a morning. Again, the woman conceals her distress. She went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and went out. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey, so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. Why go to him today? He asked. It's not the new moon or the Sabbath. It's all right, she said. Her reply to her husband is one word in Hebrew, shalom, peace, all is well. But all is not well. She hastens to Elisha at Mount Carmel. The woman even there continues to conceal the tragedy. Gehazi, the quick and mobile servant sent ahead to, you know, get the news, is told everything is all right. It's the same word, shalom, peace, all is well. Only when she gets right up to Elisha does her distress break out. Didn't I ask, did, sorry, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you don't raise my hopes? Your pain is awful. What kind of gift is this you've given me? This miracle boy was now a dagger in my heart. Don't raise my hopes, she said, because I know this world is indifferent to our attachments. This world is dangerous and pitiless. And hope is a liability. So often. And too easily it's turned into tears. Now at this, Elisha swings into action. His master, Elijah, had revived a dead boy by stretching himself out on the boy three times and crying out to God. And to get things underway as soon as possible, Elisha sends Gehazi ahead. Elisha said to Gehazi, tuck your cloak into your belt. Take my staff in your hand and run. Don't greet anyone you meet. And if anyone greets you, do not answer. Lay my staff on the boy's face. Elisha's staff will represent Elisha himself, who follows more slowly. There is the first act of physical contact Gehazi went back to meet Elisha and told him the boy is not awakened. When Elisha reached the house, there was the boy lying on the couch. He went in, shut the door on the two of them and prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. And as he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. With 
twice is stretching out. Following Elijah's example, things are starting to happen. And then Elisha turned away and walked back and forth in the room and then got onto the bed and stretched out on him once more. The boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. And so as it was with Elijah in 1 Kings 17, so it is with Elisha. The third time is the breakthrough. And now the woman can say, Shalom, peace, all is well. She has her son back again. Well, that's the episode, the story. It's confronting, it's moving, it's very human. It's a hopeful story of life and peace through the man of God, Elisha, and God's power that comes with him. It's the story of a generous, hospitable, faithful woman who loved her child deeply and had him both given and given again, restored to her. But what should we find in it for our lives, we might ask. And so let me turn now to talk about Jesus, the man of God who is life and peace to us and to all who seek him. The miracles that we are reading in Two Kings are not just happy stories, happy in the end at least. They are miniature portraits of the work of God and of the one he sends into the world. In these stories, we see God's care. God knows and cares about our griefs, even our hidden griefs. We might conceal our disappointments and our burdens. We might seem to glide effortlessly through life, but be churning and labouring underneath. And as God comforted the Shunammite woman, so he will comfort us as we open ourselves to the one that he sends to us. Who is this one whom God has sent to us? Well, it's Jesus. Elisha was sent to the northern kingdom of Israel in the 9th century BC. Jesus was sent not only to Israel, but to the whole world and for all time. Elisha was a man of God who lived and who died. Jesus is God as a man who died and lives. Like the woman from Shunem, we might suffer in confusing, bewildering, tormenting ways in life. We might get something wonderful one day and lose it before time another day. At long last, we make a good friend and they move away. We marry the love of our life and illness takes them. We build up a business and the manager sets up his arrival and takes half our clients. You know these stories. You know that there is bitter distress to be endured in the world. Like the woman from Shunem, we must hold on to the man of God. When disaster struck, this woman went to Elisha. She called her husband and said, Please send me one of the servants and a donkey so I can go to the man of God quickly and return. When she reached the man of God at the mountain, she took hold of his feet and she would not be parted from him. The child's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. What does it look like for us to get on a donkey and go to Jesus? 
to take hold of his feet, to stay by his side. We don't go to Jesus outwardly and physically, but we go to him inwardly and spiritually. We turn our minds to him, we lift our hearts to him, we call upon him with the inner voice of our prayers. We take hold of him by faith. Jesus said to his disciples, and he says to us too, as in the gospel reading, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Peace, shalom, all is well. Perhaps today you are buoyant, you are full of pep, you are full of zing and sunshine and you're at peace and abounding in the joy of the Lord. Well, if so, God be praised. That's excellent news. Long may it be so. But perhaps today you are flat. You are downcast or anxious or in pain. Perhaps today it's the time to get on your donkey and go to Jesus. Time to take hold of his feet. Time to make your protest, to express your pain to Christ. That's what the woman did to Elisha. Didn't, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? She said, didn't I tell you, don't raise my hopes? This is prayer as protest. Prayer is a place for honesty, for openness, for working out your troubles with the Lord. You can do it walking in the park, sitting on the floor, Swinging at a punching bag. The man of God will hear you. The man of God can help you. The man of God cares for you. Through all our troubles, he will go with us. And in the end, he will stretch himself out upon us. Eyes to eyes, hands to hands. So that even as you and I lie in death, He will reach us. Our bodies will grow warm again. I don't know if we'll sneeze seven times. But certainly we will open our eyes and see his face. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the one you've sent to us, the prophet Jesus, who is life and peace to us and to all who seek him. So, Lord, teach us to seek him when we have our troubles, to get on our donkey, so to speak, and to clutch his feet, to not leave his side, to pour out our troubles to him and cry for his help. And, Lord, we pray that as this Shunammite woman found your help through Elisha, we would find your help through Jesus. That we would be enabled to walk through all the difficulties of our life and be delivered, be helped, be strengthened, be brought through so that we might praise you as the woman praised Elisha and praised you in praising Elisha. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.